Uh, podcast number three. Yeah. We got my man Mikey Manifest in the building. Hello, Five hey, hey, hey. Say what's up. Hi guys. Today is February twenty first. Actually, it's the evening. It's about eleven o'clock. Eleven o'clock at night. Starting to settle into our to our evening. We just finished another. Uh, uh, I always have a fucking trouble saying this name. Blood, sweat, and beers. Mix. Blood, sweat, and beers. Yeah, Pretty that was dope. real fun. We with Drufio. We actually, this is the first time we're recording with a live audience. Live audience, <laughs> say hi. Yeah, shout out to the live audience. Come by, say hello if you want to. Hello. Hi, hi. Hey. So what's good? What's good, Bob Rock? What's, how was your weekend? Ah, oh, man. My weekend, let's see. Did nothing but work. Oh, I bought a PlayStation 4. That's hey. pretty cool. I haven't bought a console since, like, the first PlayStation or PlayStation 2. So that's pretty cool. The technology is crazy. <laughs> I was tripping off of all the things that you could do. Right. What I was the first I, game you bought? Uh, it was it was uh, COD because it was part of it. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, trying to you know kill everyone. <laughs> I was thinking about investing in one too, but it's just like what you invest in that use time. True. 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 But yeah, we got we got Mikey manifest in the building though. I mean, this is his house, so of course. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, for, for those for, for a little transparency, for those uh, who don't know, yeah, we, um, um, all the all the times we've been recording the podcast, it's been this man's house. Yeah, everything happens here. All the magic, you know, central hub. It's, a, it's the artist playground. You yes, know? sir. Creatives welcome. You know, left brains welcome. Cass, how was your uh, your weekend or your week? Wait, this wasn't the weekend we saw Deadpool, right? That was, it was that, yeah, was, no, it was part of the week. Oh, dude, yeah, no. Deadpool. Yeah, breaking. Actually, I, have, I forgot to get the numbers on that, but Deadpool um, broke uh, the new Star Wars re- record that they just broke the record. Mm-hmm. And Deadpool just shattered it too. It was like opening weekend 12, 12 million for Star Wars. Twelve million. Deadpool like was like thirteen or something. You know what it is, and I think. Is because the character is so unique because it lives in this world. Right. Because he's like the fourth wall breaker, the master of the fourth wall breaker. So, like, he's able to make pop references, you know, just in this world, right? I mean, he's the only, I believe he's the only comic book character that is aware that he's a comic book character. Right, right. So, which is pretty nuts. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know, like, I wasn't, like, super knowledgeable in Deadpool. I mean, I have saw the trailer. Everybody's seen the trailer. Yeah. yeah. And that, uh, and that's one of the things that I was worrying about, because, like, the marketing was freaking awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they went to, like, all ends to promote the hell out of the movie, and I was just like, man, I hope the, the movie or the, um, the promotion of this doesn't, you know, seem much better than the movie itself, but... It, it, you know it was amazing rated R supposed to be it would if anything else PG-13 then it wouldn't have made it the way it was mm, it was basically everything it was supposed to be you know? yeah would you did you see it Mikey, Mikey, you I think? did watch it actually I thought it was hilarious <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is definitely the perfect actor yeah, for for, uh, for Deadpool there's no there's uh, no no one else could play that role yeah. definitely. honestly we should do kind of like more like a spoiler like if you haven't seen this movie this is gonna be like a kind of a spoiler like, what was your uh, favorite scene um I don't know if I have a favorite scene cause 
I, I think I was just caught up in the moment of like it was an actual Deadpool movie. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. actually happening. Yeah, it was actually happening, and so I think I might have to watch it like two more times just to get the little, you know. But I mean, the action scenes were the, the, the freeway scene was pretty dope. I mean, a lot of the part of the beginning of the movie was the freeway scene, so that was and that was the actual pitch when they made the animated version. It got so popular, the uh, you know the fans wanted that that movie right there, so they pitched it and then made the actual movie happen. So shout out to the fans out there. This is a real like fan made made for the fans mm-hmm. type movie. I um, think it's just awesome how how much of a cunning linguist Ryan Reynolds is. Man, like off the guys, cuff, off the cuff, witty. just super super witty, super smart, super. He grabs your attention with all of his <laughs> all of his puns. In the comic book, he, he's uh, Deadpool's described as Ryan Reynolds mixed with a uh, Sharpay. And I think that, and, uh, <laughs> and I think that's what um, drew uh, Ryan Reynolds' attention to Deadpool because I think before that he wasn't really aware of the Deadpool character. And when they said that you know they made a Ryan Reynolds uh, reference. He checked it out and fell in love with the character, so that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. He was like, "Wow, you know, one and the same." Mm-hmm. Um, what else? How was your week, Mikey? Ooh, week weekend. Week weekend. Yeah. Uh, how do I start? I mean, Monday, work. <laughs> Tuesday, work. I mean, honestly, man, it's how about like, Wednesday? Work, but uh, uh, you know what? Uh, okay. you, you know what makes a great week, man, is waking up. Hey, you know, being hey, able to wake out, up. Shout out to shout you know? out to that. Being able to wake up and just say, "Hey, I'm alive," you know, just oh, it's good. Whatever. Real people know. <laughs> I think people forget that, you know, just just yeah, for, for forget like how blessed we are just to be able to live and breathe and go through the trials and tribulations that we go through. So, I mean, shout hey. out to being woke. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to being woke one time. Stay woke, yeah. <laughs> Stay woke. Um, so let's see what else what else happened over the weekend or the week mm. oh. shout out to my man John Marzan John got bars his son just turned two uh, Khalil Andre mm. you know next the future generation right there um, what is that uh, other than that man yeah it's been a, it's been a good week definitely that was the birthday party came. yeah yeah that was the birthday party that week. I didn't get to stay long because I was feeling too well you know who this week wasn't, wasn't good for Monong Manny Pacquiao. Oh, let's get into that a little bit. Oh, Monong Pack. I love how you just slipped in like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great segue. Hey, that man, was very. I cool. mean, we're trying to get this, <laughs> trying to get this together. I mean, let's. Man, so I mean, like I, 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 at first I heard about it, saw it in the news. I didn't get it, like the full, full read on it. I just heard that he made some disparaging remarks and comments about you know the gay community. Mm. And when I actually read the, what he actually said, I was like, "Damn!" Yeah. Word. It's comparing to animals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have the animals. exact. Uh, Let's read it. I did my research. Man. Honestly, like. <laughs> All right. Uh, Let him know. The, uh, for those who don't know, the quote is or was, "Woman was made for man. Man was made for woman." It's common sense. When you see any animals where male is to male and female is to female, the animals are better. Uh, they know how to distinguish male or female. If we approve male on male, female on female, then man is worse than animal. That's pretty harsh. That's pretty harsh. I mean, it's pretty, uh, it's very much a strong point of view. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, it's opinions and opinions. Yeah, and, like, exactly. You're going to have 
different beliefs and stuff. I think it takes balls to be in that type of uh, in that type of stature and to be able to say what you wanted to to stand up for what you believe in, well, regardless which, of what it is. Which I brings mean. me to the next point. He uh, made a you know he made an apology. Yeah. Half-hearted, wholehearted. You know that's up to your discretion. But he basically you know apologized, but still stood. By his beliefs. By his beliefs. And, um, you know. Nike. Nike, yeah. They had no other choice to. That's kind of. To let him go from his endorsement. And, you know, like, aside, you know, religion aside, um, uh, politics aside, as a man in business or like as an entrepreneur, that's just a that's just a bad business move. Like, where's your people? Where's your like uh, PR? No, yeah. on many. Like, where's your like where's your team to like you know to, well, to let you know like hey that's not. That. I mean, even if like say you do believe that, that's fine or whatever. I mean, you know, some people is gonna look but like keep that to yourself and like. I don't know. Well, coming from Manny, show. coming from Manny though, like the, his bringing upbringing, I just feel like you know what he's gonna say whatever the hell. Yeah, he has to that, say, and that's man. the thing. I think that's a the lot kind of, of person he is. A lot of it has to do with like um, a lot of people are saying his non-traditional education or the lack thereof of yeah. education. So he's kind of like brought up rough right yeah. so he's gonna say what he's gonna say whatever. the man grew up in a third world country yeah. you know what I mean all he had is his religious faith Yeah. so I mean he's gonna stick to what he knows I mean his guns are his guns at the end of the day but yeah. I mean man. don't. I, I'm not gonna knock him for I'm not gonna say oh yeah what you what he said was right or wrong because personally you know I mean it's, pro- you know, it's, it's a personal perspective yeah. exactly you know Okay, um, let me ask you guys this: In the long run, at the end of his career, will this be a thing that tarnishes it, his legacy, what he's done for, you know, not only the <laughs> boxing community or like the, the the culture of boxing, but like See, that's all, why the, all the good I stuff. I just thought that it was done. funny that I just thought it was funny that you know to say like this is the, his end of to add this to the end of his career. Mayweather had to take a stab at him and just be like, "Can you just let him live?" Or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And at the end of the day it doesn't matter who's who's right who's wrong it's really just like it's really just if he if he believes it he believes it you know that's why I feel I have mixed feelings with the Nike endorsement dropping him Mm -hmm. because I understand like you're kind of dropping him on a political level Mm -hmm. not his what he's doing on like in sports you know well you gotta look at Nike as a big advocate you know they definitely advocate the uh the uh, gay community you know what I mean they're oh, definitely yeah, stand by yeah. you know they definitely stand by the gay community yeah. a lot of it uh, so I can I can totally understand why Nike would d- drop Manny Pacquiao f- for the endorsement but that goes without I mean, they saying. have a business to protect you know mm-hmm. at True. the end of the day they're, they're a global empire that has you know their stake in how many countries around the world so you know like I mean, different athletes are going to be different athletes regardless of belief or what, whatever. But at the end of the day, they have to uphold this, like, positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, their whole their whole campaign is just do it, which is a positive saying. So, like, if they have a athlete on the roster, you know, with disparaging, like, I mean, those are, it, let's be real. Like, those, that was Filipino, fucking cool. I can understand why you would say something like that. Because, you know, like, you know how Filipinos are. They're very... They're very, they're very like, especially Catholics. Yeah. Well, Manny's not Catholic anymore, yeah, yeah. but they're very like strict and you know like, and what they believe in. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, and like Mikey said earlier, it's his upbringing a lot, and it has a lot to do with that. So. I don't know. Hopefully, he can rebound from this. You know this. me. I'm a I'm an avid Maddie Pacquiao fan. Yeah. I'm not a pack tard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not a pack tard. Could, could you could you explain the term? I mean, there's two different. You know, there's pack tards where they come in all the races. What the hell is a pack tard? Hold on. That's the first time I've ever heard of that. I've never heard of this. What is a pack tard? Can you? Is that like just a stand? Stand for Manny? Why? Because I go on YouTube and like look at like. Manny's fights and let me take off my slippers. Hold on. Oh, get comfortable. <laughs> Let's say, go ahead, say it. And like, and like, Mikasa, <laughs> There's people that will, that stand by Manny, like, you know, through whatever he does, you know. Yeah. And there's a lot of them are like Filipinos. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. But no, I mean, there's been a lot like, of like, there's like, they're like almost flaming too. They they can't really see any. I mean, they, uh, Mayweather has them too. They're called Flomos. Yeah. You've heard of that? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of Flomos. I and just never pack knew. Pactards, that's basically the uh, pack. <laughs> I've mm. never heard of that term. Pactards <laughs> and Flomos. And it's like, so yeah. just basically it's like die, people on YouTube hearts. talking to each other. Just basically diehards that'll like go to the stake for their, their athletes. But they basically. just don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. especially boxing. Because boxing, they call that the sweet tell, science. Yeah, you know tell, tell them, Cash. I don't know. I don't know. You're a boxer. Manny Pacquiao is the reason why I started boxing. Okay. All right. You know, like, that's... Plain and simple. So you're a fighter. Yeah, I mean it's just it's. I feel like fighters are always getting judged some some way or another. Like you'll see mm. you'll see someone get knocked out and be like, oh, you fucking suck. But they don't realize that they're in the, they're jumping in the ring, you know. Mm. Well, I, I think I mean aside the whole fight culture from the out, outside perspective, they think of it as like you know just like not not to bring it to the more like animals thing, but like yeah. like a bunch of animals fighting mm. each other. Like acting like um, some Neanderthals, so I mean, people don't that that, that doesn't understand won't get it. Right. The people that do will. I mean, I'm not like condoning what he said at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's just yeah, it's it's just super the tough. The views of many packers are like not <laughs> are not the opinion of Free Love Podcast. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I, I don't know. Big. It was just a, such a weird thing to have happen during his training camp, mm. especially up to his supposed last fight. So, honestly, like a, a lot of people, like they, uh, I mean, this is more boxing now. A lot of people think Manny's shot, mm. but it, he hasn't really had the opportunity to really fight some people, you know. Like, yeah. the Mayweather fight was just like, so I feel like Manny Pacquiao's stock is super Eight down years right too now. Late. Yeah, that was way, it was just way too, too late, yeah. you know. It was Eight Mayweather's pace. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mayweather's gonna fight his fight at the end of the day. That's that's what yeah. makes him a tough fighter to fight. Exactly. It's hard to like break his strategy. Mm-hmm. To get can't take away from Floyd though. Amazing defense. Yeah, yeah man. Two, like, two, great the defense. best. The best ever. Great defense is great offense, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, anything else happened during your guys' week? Week? Anything new? Mm-hmm. Anything? No. Nah? I broke some clippers at work today. Oh. Not today, actually. It's Sunday. I'm sorry. Let them know. Let them know where you work at. Though. Oh yeah, I work at the Ace of Fades over in uh, Mission, Outer Mission in San Francisco. Okay. If you ever need a haircut, go ahead and free free feel. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Feel free to give us a call at four one five eight five nine five seven three seven. Yeah, and we're gonna, and we're, gonna we're gonna come back to all that. You know. <laughs> Finding out that you're a barber. And, uh, okay. But, um, uh, let's kick off this whole interview segment. Sure. Um, first off, I guess we can start at the beginning. Wow. Born and raised. Born let's and go. raised. All right. Um, 
Let's see. I'm a Bay Area native. Uh, I was born in Redwood City. I uh, lived in the East Bay in Union City for about the first four or five years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents divorced and then my mom remarried when I turned six. Um, from there, I moved to San Francisco. Been here ever since. Um, after, after high school, I believe, I moved to Reno, Nevada. And lived out there from 18 to 21. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's a cool little pocket right there. Yeah, man. <laughs> nice little pocket. Met a bunch of the homies, man. A lot, a lot of the good folks. You know, uh, I feel uh, if it wasn't for that move to Reno, you know, we wouldn't be having this podcast today. That's real time. Real people know. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, uh, let's, let's stop right there. Okay. Um, let's bring it back to your youth. Because uh, you didn't have like a regular upbringing as far as like the things that you were doing as a normal kid would do. Oh, yeah, definitely. Let's touch upon your musical background, and it didn't start mm. later in life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tell, tell the people when it uh, exactly started. So it, it all started when I, uh, when I moved to San Francisco. My stepdad uh, in, had me audition for the San Francisco Boys Chorus. Mm. And. Um, from that point on it was you know it, it, it was history uh i sang with the san francisco boys chorus from 6 to 14 15 years old and um i was blessed with the opportunities to sing in the san francisco symphony san francisco opera um sang in lava um prince igor and uh carmen just to name a few um and just just to uh, have a little transparency, uh, the San Francisco Boys Chorus, um, it's like le- legendary, would you say, or uh, it's has definitely its... it's definitely a prestige, prestige, prestigious, yeah, yeah. prestige, right. prestigious uh, group of sing- young singers. Ian, uh, I believe his name Ian Robertson, Ro- Robert. Uh, man, that's uh, Ian Roberts, I believe, is the uh, musical director, and. Um, what is that? They're a bunch of talented young men. Uh, it was it was really it was really eye opening for you know being being a youth and being able to travel the world and see yeah, things. Yeah, like where'd you go? Like where did you end up going? Uh, I went to New York. I sang at Carnegie Hall. Oh, Damn. Man. Um, you know what they say? How do you get to Carnegie Hall? <laughs> how? Practice. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about practice. No, that's like a practice. Yeah. Yeah. Heard that yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> we talk about practice. We're gonna check that. Okay. <laughs> practice. We're gonna practice. Fa- fact check that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, where, uh, where mean, else was, uh, uh, it took me to Europe. Uh, I got to see London. Uh, I went to Stern. Not, is it Stern? Stonehenge? Um, and, and around like around this. Uh, this was around the age of like. 12, 13 years old. So, Man. I mean, seeing the world it, at that see, age. Exactly. It was, you know, it was definitely a blessed opportunity. I got to sing uh, at Andre Agassi and uh, Brooke Shields' wedding. Shout oh, out shit. to that. Yeah, that was actually, <laughs> that was really cool. Talking I mean, about Nike. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Andre Agassi was the dude. Course? Uh, well, Andre Agassi actually hired the boys' chorus to sing at the wedding. That's uh, pretty crazy. That's yeah, pretty fat it, it was wild. Like, I mean, it was it was a really small wedding. Like, I, I think I was really I don't remember how old I was. I think I was like nine. But um, did he still have long hair? Yeah, this oh, is when damn. he had long hair. Oh, that's that's yep. that's rock star he, status right there. Yep. that's a 
that's the that's, I, I would like to say the glory days of like mm, tennis to me like bro. Pete Sampras Andre Agassi <laughs> Michael Chan <laughs> yeah those were the best days yeah. in tennis that's for sure um, being um, being that young and able to travel the, the world essentially uh, through music were you able to take in I guess at that age cause you know like at that age you're not mature or were you able to take in any of the experiences and be like man this is something that a, a small percent of people get to do or I were you just like kid having fun yeah I was just a kid having fun man yeah you know <laughs> At that, at that point in time, I didn't know what I was really going through. You know, I thought it was just a kid's everyday life. You know, I, I didn't realize that, you know, you can get really far doing doing something using your talents and gifts. And you should, if you have talents and gifts, you, you should really stick to them, you know. And that, those are usually your best weapons to get by in life and you can go far. What was your, uh, I, don't, I guess, position in the chorus? I was an alto, a second alto, which <laughs> is, uh, you know, as a boy, that's pretty low. Yeah. Um, you know, boys are usually sopranos and altos. And Can we get an you, example? Oh, I can't, I, can't, I can't sing that high anymore, <laughs> man. I'm actually a bass now. I, I mean, I, I, got some, oh. I got some low tone in my voice, as yeah, you can yeah. see, so I'm pretty much a bass. But uh, So you, do you play, like, different rhythms? rhythms uh or is it just kind of like musicality and like terminology in terms of in terms of like theory it's very it's a language you know so if you i think it's one of those things where you definitely have to have an understanding you have to if you want to know music know about know more about music the fundamentals behind music is theory so uh, no. Were you guys um, singing like more classical? Or yes, more it was definitely classical, classical focused music. So um, a lot of cantatas, a lot of Bach, a lot of uh, mixed languages. You know, sang German, French, uh, Russian, uh, even. Nice. Um, so um, and a lot of hymns. You know what I mean? So a lot yeah. of Ave Marias, and you know, a lot of stuff like that. Um, but yeah. I mean, so that that took you up until uh, around 14, 15? 15 years old. Yeah, that was about it. And, and that's basically like the cutoff of like being yeah, in the core. Pretty much, it's uh, you can be a part of the San Francisco Boys Chorus. They do they do sponsorship programs and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually up to high school. It stops at high school, okay. so um, grade grade through middle school. And um. Uh, what uh, what middle school or elementary school did you go to? I am an Aptis middle school um, alum, and high school I went to School of the Arts, uh, Ruth Otawa School of Arts. Um, yeah. So so after the boys' course, you continued your uh, your, your passion basically mm-hmm. into music. The music um, further on into your high school career. Went to a performing performing art school. Um, <clears throat> could you tell the uh, the listeners what's a performing art school like? Ooh, well, Soto's changed a lot since I've been there. Um, so we've gone through a lot of changes because of the uh, San Francisco School District. But um, when I was there, pretty much it was academic before lunch, and after lunch it was all art. So um, School of the Arts is a school you actually it's a 
public alternative high school. So um, in order to go there, you would have to audition for your certain discipline via via music, via uh, creative writing, theater, theater, uh, theater tech. um, What is that? Uh, Film. the Just list goes on. Every source yeah. of media, <clears throat> dance, media. yeah, the, yeah, pretty much all creative arts. Um, so it's basically 50 50 of like uh, educational and plus the arts. Very much so. Very much so. Um, how, how did that, uh, I guess, mold you essentially oh, to wow. who you are today? Well, one, the school was so small. The entire school uh, student body was about 400 students. So that means about 100 students per class. Okay. So that means everybody knew each other. You know, I mean, it was a really tight knit community when I was there. And um, it came, you know, you got students from all different types of walks of life. Uh, the students that were there were pretty much like, um, man, I met white hippie kids who were just jam out and just yeah, yeah, yeah. go, that were just amazing dancers. And, yeah. you know, I met like really timid you know timid by day mm-hmm. but like really exuberant and and uh just out there amazing actors as soon know. as they hit the stage yeah as soon as they hit the stage yeah. the light bulb just turns on and they're just a completely different person and you know it's like they're like a vessel and something just takes over them um what was dope about the school is that they introduced you to all of the arts so there was a class called a course that you would take your sophomore year called intro to the arts Mm -hmm. and the uh the my teacher at the time uh rest in peace uh patricia uh i forgot her last name already i'm sorry um but um she taught a course that uh basically made us go through all of the disciplines in Mm. which the art the school went so yeah so each student got a chance to take a leadership role in teaching other students their discipline so from that school i learned leadership skills i learned how to collaborate i learned what it was to really work with other creatives Mm -hmm. and uh that's what it's about in the creative industry what area is this in uh right now in frisco that is uh located at top of the top of twin peaks on o'shaughnessy um right next to uh ygc um yeah it's pretty crazy so like performing arts soda um high school prepares regular high school i would say prepares you to go to college um this seems to prepare you uh for life after high school for um a line like a job in the industry basically mm. or whatever you, you you know fits your uh your discipline mm. um what was that like what was the um you know life after so that mm. was was it like um were you preparing for something mm. were, were you like uh trying to get onto i don't know example broadway or mm. i know for a lot of other students like uh you know their goal was to stick to the discipline and was to just <clears throat> go full out and create a career for me it was all about just having fun yeah. um you know i had a talent i had a gift i mean have a gift but um you know as long as i enjoyed doing what i was doing it you know that's all that mattered um it did however it did 
prepare me and propel me to collaborate it did prepare me to to go out and be a social you know a socialist and meet people and get to see what it was like to kind of dive into the the music industry so so to speak um but um i would say that that in college uh for myself um you know i did try to go the academic route i did try to you know not not dive into uh not dive into the music just to kind of do it for my family and then i realized you know what i have a talent so i need to use it yeah because um that's that's a very untraditional route right like not too many people can say that they went to performing arts school and not too many people can say that they know someone that went to performing Mm -hmm. arts school um for a little transparency we met each other Back in 2002, 2002? Yeah, 2002. 2002, yep. around that time. Um, Having hip-hop heads, you know, being <laughs> yeah. young kids, people. It was, um, about uh, we, uh, me, and, me and the homies back in my high school, we threw a little, um, little uh, I guess, like, function called Freaky Friday. Mm-hmm. Shout out to PS. I love that name. Freaky Friday, man. It was basically, <laughs> it was for, you know, for the youngins, man. It was mm-hmm. for the youngins. Before that, though, before the actual club or, you know, the party actually happened, I was in charge of um, holding a b-boy contest, and at the time we were all breakdancing, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. not not aware of each other. Um, so I threw this b-boy contest, and lo and behold, Mikey comes and uh, I, did you did you battle or were I you did just not, there? I was there. I was a dancer, just you, you were know, ciphering. Yeah. I was definitely ciphering. For sure. I was still new to the b-boy scene. What were the ciphers like back in two, oh two? Oh man, they were abundant. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh yeah. Ciphers were abundant back in high school. Oh, did I did I just say that was high school? Jeez, I, I think I just dated myself. Yeah, that's um, cool. it's, it's cool. cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's all right. Um, we let, we, I think we no, let the cat out the bag. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Um, Couple podcasts. All good, brother. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Ciphers were way abundant, man. The hip hop scene, hip hop culture in general, was just there were a lot more practitioners. Uh, you know, 10, 10 to twelve years ago, yeah. um, the community was at definitely at its highest peak. I would say crews were probably deep. Huh? Yeah, really definitely. Deep. There were a lot of people. You know, there was just a lot of people. You know, young and and active in the hip hop community. Uh, there was this one crew I remember. Um, can't think of the name. Uh, TMS. <laughs> that's our crew. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah. That, oh. Yeah, that's the people crew that we started in uh yeah, yeah. 2002. What's your favorite um, combo? Oh, wow. Move combo? I mean, shoot. I was like a footwork fanatic, so I would do like footwork footwork combinations and end with a freeze. Steve, what about you? Oh, man. I think just doing doing random random shit, random blow-ups and shit. <laughs> I don't know. I was more of a top rock guy, and just go down to the floor. I just, just like to dance. Yeah, it was just yeah, more about the dancing. That's, that's it. it. Uh, especially being being yeah. here in uh, like San Francisco, um, a lot of uh, our uh, our peers they were um, mm-hmm. mostly into the foundation and like mm-hmm. keeping it original. So we learned a lot from them. Yeah. But um, remember that one time we was b boying? Uh, we 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 went to the club Mission Rock and uh, we battled Oakland Breakers and. Uh, <laughs> We smoked them. Wow. Uh, we smoked them. Oh, wow. To it the was point, funny. this is, okay, so. It was funny. 
This is around the time. Oh man, we're gonna really date ourselves. This is around the time when you got served. First came on, <laughs> came out. Bear with me. Stick, stick, stick with me here. What we we battle Oakland Breakers at a club called Mission Rock. Mm. Get into a couple rounds, smoke them, and we had the crowd yelling to yelling and pointing at Oakland Breakers. You got served. You got served. <laughs> to the point where they left. <laughs> to the point where they left. That's so embarrassing. It is. It was a bit. That's like yo. A, that's like hip hop. That's a pity. <laughs> I was, was definitely fun. on uh, my high horse then, uh, oh, that night, but um, yeah, what did that? <laughs> back, back to the, back to the interview. Okay. Um, you said you grew up, you know, doing more classical, more uh, contemporary, you know, music of that stylings. Um, where along the lines of you going from, you know, the boys' chorus to soda, where did uh, hip hop mm. culture come into? Because uh, you were more of a, like, a, a, I mean, a singer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, singer, right? Well, I mean, growing up in San Francisco, I mean, you're being an urban kid, hip-hop is all around you. Shout out to Knitted Beanies. <laughs> it's not just the style, you know what I mean? It's, it's not just the, the way you dress or the, you know, the way, you, the, the music you listen to. It's the everyday culture in which, you know, what was going around in your community and, Hip hop's all around, you know. So, uh, for myself, uh, I was introduced to hip hop about nine years old, maybe. I mean, I didn't really figure it out until around then. My brother was a was a b boy graffiti artist, and shout out to Lee. Shout out to Queen Lee. Yeah, man. Um, you know, and uh, what is that? Hmm. So hip hop, you know, started off my my major influence. But I, since I was a singer, I was also a big R and B head. Mm. And uh, around when I was young, you know, Boys to Men was the shit. Like everybody was on Boys to Men. End of the Road, Waters Runs Dry, On Bended Knee, like those the classics. That was I mean, that was Motown, like, Motown, Philly. You know what those, I mean? Those like, were the uh, you know like, taking a shower. <laughs> you were, weren't embarrassed to sing those as loud as you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, what were your uh, early influences early. as far as uh, hit, like rap music? As far as rap music goes, early influences: KRS-One, mm-hmm. Hieroglyphics, um, ooh, Common, Tupac and Biggie. Um, what is that? The usual suspects. Yeah, Nas. You know, the usual suspects. Uh, from there, I delved into you know underground. I got introduced to atmosphere. Uh, got more, got more deep. Went into Talib Kweli and most stuff. I mean, this goes on and on. Um, yeah. So where would you say? Where would you say that? Um, my studio audience. <laughs> where, uh, where would you say? Uh, at what point in your life did you like? I'm gonna take my uh the singing I'm a, i don't know if you put that on hold but you went into emceeing and started um started rapping and recording rapping and recording oh that was definitely after after high school i mean i did a few tracks in high school you know uh with the homies from the city oh yeah uh, was, was there a lot of recording going on of music like of any any stylings back in high school uh in high school from what i remember uh not so much. I mean, I was heavy into Santana like in high school because Santana's son went to high school with me. So uh, shout out to Salvador. Um, Salvador Santana. Yeah. 
uh what up salvi what is that um you know a lot there was a lot of great talent that went to soda actually chris turner um he's an amazing singer part of the romantic movement on the east coast holding it down representing oakland um what is that i mean uh, even odds from uh frisco you know they've been holding it down frisco's rap pioneers you know i've been holding it down from soda um what is that eric carlson you know great singer out of uh part of these guys acapella group based out of las vegas they've been doing some amazing work um but yeah cool so a lot of a lot of um your, your peers were able to uh i guess you know go go after high school and do their thing um i guess what i want to know or what we want to know or you could tell the audience listening when did mikey manifest become mikey manifest Ah, okay well the name mikey manifest started off as a screen name for her uh, instant messenger AOL. shout out to AIM uh, up, baby. That, that started in like 8th grade actually so uh, Mikey Manifest was just like oh yeah I was doing like a little vocabulary test in middle school and I was like manifest mm. whoa mm. means to make things obvious or to be seen mm. so I kind of took that took a liking in that word and I mean, my brother always called me Mikey, uh, so I was just like, mm-hmm, alright. Also, it was Lee that called you uh, Yeah, my brother Lee was the actual one who was the first person to call me Mikey, so uh, everybody else called me like Michael, Mike, mm-hmm. uh, and some people even called me Anthony. But, uh, my I first would, name I, is Michael I, Anthony, actually, so. I would be one of those people. Tell yeah. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Just to annoy you, just to annoy you. Yeah, but uh, Mikey Manifest started in eighth grade. When I started recording as the artist, though, I definitely want to say it was like 21. Uh, mastering 20, the Craft. Yeah, Mastering the Craft, Ooh, volume one. Volume that was one. definitely uh, my Ooh. first mixtape. I did ma- master, Mastering the Craft, volume two. So, uh, and then went on to creating... Uh, a group with you, Vibrock. You know, we, we became the Infinity Funk Project along with Mild Manor J, Rappers, uh, Rappers, Soul Solution, and uh, what is that? Jerry B and DJ Euphonic. Yeah, I man. mean, shout out to those guys, man. I mean, they're all a part of history, um, especially our history. Yeah, you know, history. Uh, like Too as bad. you uh, aforementioned, without you moving to Reno and not meet, and meeting oh. these guys. Bay Area have, girls, though. Shout out to that track, man. (laughs) I mean, I heard that someone told me that track Bay Area Girls made it to the radio. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, if it did, I mean, (laughs) hey, if it did, that's awesome. But you know, Infinity Funk Project, but those were good times, man. We made about what four four CDs, three CDs, Mm -hmm. four CDs together. Yeah. So in total, I made about like. I don't know. Cut about like uh, eight, nine records. Yeah, man. Yeah, working in a group, like working in a rap group, is more. The, it's pretty tough. You, mm-hmm. you got to oh. get people's schedules together. 
Oh, yeah. It's incredibly tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, work, for real, work as a team, you know? I mean, cash your testament to it, too. Oh, yeah. That's why. That's how I know. But, it's just like, <laughs> but what's fun is performing, though. Oh, yeah. That's like, that's what the shit, that's the shit you know? Nothing's, there's nothing like the stage, man. Yeah. And for anybody who's... when you're with a group. Yeah. yeah. For anybody who's a true performer, you know what I mean? You know, the, you know what the stage feels like. You know, that's where you let everything out. And yeah. it doesn't matter who's watching, you know, because... I mean, a lot of the times you're putting out the energy just because it's built up in you, you know, and that, at least that's my theory on performing. And I, I mean, you were kind of bred yeah. from a young age to do yeah. it as well. Huh? Yo, IFP had like, yo, y'all were like dope when you performed. I had like, like we, had, we had choreo, bro. We had yeah, dance we, moves. We, we, we <laughs> y'all did, I forgot what song that was. I remember y'all, y'all did some shit though. Um. It so, goes on and on. Right? Yeah. So created a you know your persona, Mikey Manifest. Started rapping around twenty one. All the while, like you said earlier, when you plugged your uh, barbershop or the shop that you work at, you were learning how to cut hair. Yeah. Where did that come about? That started in middle school. Oh. So, in middle school, I started cutting my own hair, and uh, what is that? I was really terrible at it. <laughs> like I was really terrible <laughs> at it. As all beginners like, should be. <laughs> I mean. I would like cut it down to a one and I would put a rubber band over my head and like I just like balled out up to the rubber band and I would just leave it at that. Okay, so you like, had, you had like, a man bun? It wasn't even a man bun, yo. It was like literally a size one on top and then like a rubber band lined and like that was my haircut. Oh, and okay. and where, like, where did that come from? Was that like did you see someone no, cut hair? Or was it was that just like that was, that was style. Or? It was just like Curiosity? I thought it was cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just wanted to be that's, me. That's yeah. And <laughs> I had I don't know, man. I, I look back at that and I was just like it was ridiculous for sure. But, but genesis know, to what you to who you became. Yeah, you know. I, by the time I got into high school, I had I, I lined up a few homies in school and by the time I got into college, you know, I I had a few, you know, I had a few heads already coming to the crib and just yeah. getting cut, making some side money. And I really learned how to hustle because of, you know, uh, barbering. So. And then to this day. Yeah, to this are. day, you know, I'm, I'm still a barber. I still cut hair. Uh, it's definitely been, uh, you know, putting the clothes on my back and putting the food on the plate. Yeah, so, definitely. I mean, big ups to everybody who supports me. I mean, I, I'm nothing without my clientele, man. Shout out to all the supporters, man. Real talk, because if it wasn't for a lot of, you know, just support in general, a lot of things wouldn't, you know, no pun intended, but manifest into, you know, something worthwhile. But um, was it hard? Was it hard to balance uh, learning how to cut hair? Because you went to school. Obviously, you had to go to school. And the music career or... Was it hard to balance both life lifestyles? Now it is, <laughs> but uh, before it was just like I was just having fun, man. Yeah. You know, that's it. I just believe like if you have fun doing whatever it is you're doing, you know, like if you if you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's it. True. You know. True words have never been spoken. Um, we're we're actually gonna play some tracks. From Mikey Manifest Alongside this podcast um, I don't know if we're gonna do it now Or we're gonna do it later But right. it's gonna be We're gonna send it off right now And we're back No I'm just playing um, <laughs> Great track Mikey Great track oh, no, but, um, um, 
what I wanted to touch upon was um, your move to Reno. You moved mm-hmm. to Reno. It was in a very, it was a, a very important move, for the simple fact that you met guys like Cass. Actually, mm-hmm. I didn't know like, Mikey told at that point. Was that? No, I hadn't met Mikey. Yeah, this is like after the fact. Mm-hmm. He met like. Gino, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I met Gino. I met Jeff Burnett. I met Miko. Oh, well, yeah, break, break that XL. down and okay. a cast from your yeah, experience yeah, definitely, over there. So, I think it was 2004 to actually, yeah, I think it was 2004 to two, late 2000 or early 2007 uh, that I was in Reno. Um, and you know, uh, I try to go to school out there. Mm, what is that? Uh, I tried to go to school out there, and that was cool. Uh, I met, that's where I met most of the Tunai fam, really. Um, I met Miko, I met Jeff Burnett, Mike Excel. Uh, what is that? The list goes on. Freno has a really cool, really nice Filipino community and Asian community and just brown community in general. I yeah. mean, there's a good amount of people out there, so I managed to make mingle, you know, make, make some friends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, from there, I mean, uh, I remember I had my apartment and Jeff and Miko and Gino. They used to cut class and come to my come to my house and get haircuts and play on my Xbox. Cutting class. Get, hey, for me it was like, yo, give me my ten dollars. <laughs> you can play Xbox while I cut your hair. But I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, get it where you can, right? Yeah. I mean, if you cut school, that that's on you. It wasn't a trap house. Hell no. Nah. I mean. <laughs> The only thing Out trapping, the, the, the only thing I was trapping was haircuts, Hair. baby. You know, what legal I mean? paper, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh, hey, everybody would come through, kick it, kick it at the apartment, man. It was cool, it was a cool place to meet and just kick back. I would, you know, cook sometimes for the homies. What, where was your apartment at, Arena? Uh, shoot, I forgot the name. I think where it was off May Ann and McCarran. Okay. Um. Over, over by the Walmart over there. Like South Reno? South, uh, Northwest, Northwest. Oh, Northwest, okay. Yeah. I know what you're Yeah. I was on, I was entering Reno off the 80. Like off I-80? Yeah, off I-80. Real people know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Real, people, Real people know. Real people know their freeways. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, that was a good time, you So know? you were there for like about About two and a half. Two and a half? Two and a half okay. years. Almost three. And um, um, during that time in Reno, music was made, or uh, I had my turntables. Mm-hmm. Well, they weren't mine; they were my brother's. He wasn't using them, so I took them. Shout out to Kuya Lee again. Uh, so <laughs> you know, that's where the hip hop stayed. Uh, I had my guitar, so I would write songs and um, have my laptop. So I mean, I didn't have a mic then, mm. so I actually wasn't really recording. But actually, no, I take that back. I did. I, I, I was recording. I had a little. I, ha- I did have a small setup, but um, you know, it was nothing crazy. And ar- around that time, that's like what? What year is that? Two thousand. Uh, I can't remember, man. I just remember maybe two thousand three to two thousand four. Well, I'm saying that two thousand because nowadays two thousand sixteen, you find a house studio basically everywhere. Anywhere. Oh yeah, man. Back in two thousand two, two thousand three. Oh, that was you. Yeah, no, you were an early adopter yeah. of having. A home, uh, studio. a home studio, which is crazy yeah. to me because I've mm-hmm. never met anyone at the time. Not that I was looking around and you know who had a studio or not. Yeah. But 
it was crazy to have a home studio and the accessibility mm. yeah, yeah. To, 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 to have it right in front of your face mm. from what create. I remember I was one of the last ones like oh, when right. I when I looked at it the way I looked at it okay. I was like I was like oh man everybody's got a home studio maybe I should get one you know what were you running uh I was running like the Mbox one uh I had I had this cheap I, I don't I don't remember but I had was this cheap little Alesis, mic. Alesis monitors? No, I didn't have the Alesis monitors. Oh. I had like these, uh, I forgot what they're called, man. But it was a really bougie setup, but booty setup, not bougie. Uh, it was a really booty setup, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I remember, you know, really cashing out, you know, yeah. back then. For yeah, me, that no, was like good. You can you know, have like a, a mic or like an interface you know, mm-hmm. you're ahead too. Well, yeah. I, I thought it was just mad, it was mad expensive then especially like, 2002 2003 like yeah. maybe a band you know what I mean maybe a good thousand on it and you know it wasn't until I upgraded that I realized oh the music industry is really expensive yeah <laughs> like, for sure yeah. it gets pretty addicting though buying gear yeah man gearheads yeah like you get, you know. buying gear is cool but it's not what you it's not what you but the gear you have, it's how you use it. Hey. That's true. So, but it is fun. It's like collecting message. Kids, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> message. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's get into more of the the artistry behind Mikey Manifest. What's your process in uh, um, making songs or uh, you know, writing lyrics or um, just uh, overall, how do you go about creating your craft? Hmm. I'm a spontaneous guy. Mm-hmm. I mean. I like to do things on the wing, you know, I like to jump, I like to jump in and just figure it out as I go, but it's not the best process, you know, some people may look at it as kind of reckless, but, but it's yours. Yeah, it's mine, yeah. you know, it's my own, um, but usually for my writing process, you know, I, in that moment, whatever it is I'm feeling, you know, gets expelled, and once it's there, it's there. Uh, the editing process if I feel it needs to be edited then I'll go back and process you know rewrite it but for the most part once I'm done I'm done Uh, so you know everything usually all my pieces are written you know are encapsulated in a certain space in a certain time a certain feeling you know is there a a reason or method to that Uh, I just believe that uh when as an artist you know you live life and things come in waves so my artistic and creativity my artistry and my creativity comes through uh what i experience in a daily Mm. so uh if i'm going through through something you know I might not be creating music because I haven't lived enough life yet. You know what Ooh, I mean? Okay. So that's kind. Of, I kind of that feel that's where I am right now. I'm more like a sponge soaking in life, and you know I'll get to a point where my cup is overflowing, and as I'm overflowing, that's when the pen will start flowing. You know what I mean? That's very true. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes you just think you just you know you you explore all your emotions and then mm-hmm. what else yeah. can you talk about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can only repeat yourself. Yep. Right? Sometimes I mean, you the pen can only runs dry. What's real, right? I mean, it's, there's no other way to do it. Exactly. How how would you say that um, the music affects you as as who you are as Mikey? Well, I mean, without the music, I wouldn't be who I am, man. Mm. You know, without music or it's it's crazy. If I'm it's like if I'm not listening to music or 
if I'm not, if I'm, I don't know, if music's not a part of my life, I'm just out of balance. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like not eating food. True. It's like not, it's not, it's like not drinking water. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's essential. Ne- it's essential. You know, it's necessary. What do you think about the music nowadays? Like how's, what's your take on it? Uh, the music like the nowadays, popular. popular music nowadays, I think it's still music. You know what I mean? It's different. It's not what I was listening to when I was gr- coming up. Um, it's definitely transformed and uh, it's definitely emitting a different type of frequency. But uh, yeah, I think we're. I, I think, you know, in this age, music is coming full circle. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean by that? What I mean by full circle is that the music that's coming out, it's capturing a, it's capturing soul, Mm. you know, it's capturing feeling, emotion, and, you know, for those who don't study history, history is going to repeat itself. Yeah. So. History doesn't change. Yeah. I mean, history doesn't change, and right now we're going through another cycle, you know, and uh, I feel like music's the the music that yeah. artistry and people who speak feelings and speak to speak to the masses like it's there it's coming back mm-hmm. and uh, what is that you know the next generation that's coming in uh, they're very it's created a voice for many people for a lot of good people but it's also created a voice for many bad people so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's cool though. I think I, I I like where the music's going. I think I think uh, you know if placed in the right hands, the music's gonna go. You know, continue. Mu- it's gonna continue on the right path. Well, um, any thoughts on how? Uh, I guess because when we were growing up, tapes, CDs, you know, were essential to our listening. Um, any thoughts on how music's been? I guess towards the technology of just straight streaming mp3s yeah the uh, cloud's weird man yeah <laughs> it's really spacey like i think the cloud is like uh like yeah like sure it's future. yeah well i'm not just talking about soundcloud i'm just talking in general like streaming yeah. music like yeah. it's yeah. where is it coming from is it coming <laughs> from outer space is it coming <laughs> from like pluto you yeah, know what i mean yeah. like we don't know yeah. like we just know it's stored up in some some hard drive somewhere and like it's yeah. You can play it from your phone. You know what I mean? Like, that's our idea. But really, it's like, who's controlling that? But yeah. that's out of the question. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's, I think it has its, its pros and its cons. Yeah. You know, I mean, the fact that the internet has created uh, an unlimited library of music, uh, it's created, you know, uh, information like surge, but. I think it's also created disconnect uh, through things that are tangible, like vinyl. Mm-hmm. You know, I think vinyl speaks. I don't know something. Something about listening to vinyl. You know, a needle, hearing a needle hit wax. Yeah, like it's just classic. It, it's, it's not even that it's classic. It's just it emits a frequency, man. Like it, it's 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 a time. It's a feeling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the frequencies are so stronger in vinyl too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a lot fuller sound. Yeah, you know, you just feel like there's so much more in there. And have you ever heard of the loudness war? Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, it's like the loudness is like nowadays everything is so cranked up super loud mm-hmm. because like the whole goal is to be louder or whatever. Yeah, to Back be then, that banging track all, in the club. Yeah, mm-hmm. vinyl was a lot more dynamic. Like mm-hmm. sounds that were supposed to be quiet was they were quiet. Yeah, and like wow. sounds that were supposed to be loud. Vinyl captured everything, man. Yeah, interesting enough, I, I read uh, not read but I saw a video the other day that um, vinyl's making a comeback. Actually, mm-hmm. they uh, outsold um, CDs in the Last past year. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I I like maybe it it's the retro with, thing, yeah. the popularity of being retro or whatever. But I mean, it's a, it's a physical can't be thing. Yeah, because nowadays you can't really, you know, people don't buy CDs as a fit. They just buy it. But then, if, if you really like the music, you'll just like have a physical version yeah. of it. They said that uh, it's uh, the MP3, downloadable MP3s and vinyl, like packages, uh, packages that superseded mm-hmm. uh, actual CD sales. So that's pretty cool. That you that Mikey mentioned that you know vinyl is where you get that full warm sound. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where we at, Cass? You got maybe like 10 50 more minutes. All right, cool. Let's um get into projects. Any uh, you just released um your project, uh, the lovers, the lovers. I want to mm-hmm. say, um, lovers EP, yeah, the lovers LP, EP, actually, yeah, LP, well, lovers LP. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, back in a couple months ago, three months ago, I released it in September fifteenth of twenty fifteen. Yeah, it has eleven tracks. It took about a three and a half year process to mm, complete. Three and a half year process. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, music comes in waves for me. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like I had to live some life to really get this, get this entire record out. Uh, really captured a lot. You know. Yeah. Um, good times bad you know <laughs> the smiles the the sads yeah, you know all of that definitely you know? definitely um who uh any notable features or any uh mm, the entire album's produced by Jay Bird. um big ups to the brother um what is that features <laughs> uh, what is that features i've got mosaic on there I've got Cass. Who that? Who that? Moose. <laughs> uh, just to name a few. I think. Who else, who else do ooh, I have on there? I'm not. Co- Actually, I think that's about it. Um, he said no. He said no features with the homies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept it. Yeah, I kept it. I kept it home base, man. Um, but uh, what is that? Previous records, you know. Collection with, fifteen. Oh, collection. Collection 15 was a classic, man. Yeah, uh, that was a good one. That was one of my favorites. Yeah, I let's worked. do like an overall thing. Like, uh, out of all the projects you've done, group wise, individual, what's your favorite? Mm, man, honestly, man, there's pieces from everything that I love, man. Yeah. Like, you look at your entire catalog and you're just like, damn, I remember that. That was such a great <laughs> song. But uh, I'd say currently it's the Lovers EP, yeah. LP. You know, I mean, I like to say that you know my most recent body of work is my best body of work mm-hmm. so um but as far as as far as just collaboration and having fun man collection 15 i definitely think was one of my 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 favorite thing favorite piece to create yeah because it was it was just all collaborations man yeah. it was just nothing but collaborations and just to like spearhead that project and to just say like hey i want you on this i want you on this i want to i want you to play here i want you to do this like it just said like hey 
be a leader you know what yeah, i mean yeah. like, like, that's the fun thing was that like a purpose like when you put that together you wanted to do all collaborations collection 15 is essentially like it was meant to be a collaboration project like my, the way i envisioned it was like i explained collection like why collection 15 i always wonder about that uh the name the name collection 15 was created well one uh 15 is my birthday the 15th okay. of september is actually my birthday so 15 you know is a representation of me uh collection you know was just one of those things i said i wanted to collect these memories uh i collected you know these uh these songs these moments the good times that's really where that came from just collecting uh i envisioned collection 15 as like a time capsule you know, like, uh, I think that was 2011. Yeah. Uh, and that was like, I was just collecting memories, you know, just like 2011 was a, was a really fun year. It was a really awesome year, like experience wise, but there were a lot of trials and tribulations too. So, mm-hmm. uh, that came along with it, but you know, all in all, man, uh, all in all, that's pretty much how I came up with that name for that project but great body, great body work because I know um, some of the collaborators were from out of state right? oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right? we had the homies Chinzafly on there Joe yeah, Fredestillo yeah. uh, he was on that he was on he, he was on that record man shout out to those guys for that yeah those dudes for, those guys they like turned up the whole country yeah man for those about <laughs> for those who don't know Chinzafly man they actually uh, produced uh, ASAP uh, ASAP Ferg's uh, work. You know, work. Uh, that's and like, yeah. And, and um, like, man, those uh, guys. I, I never knew it was gonna get that big. Yeah, I man. Think they got a Grammy though, for uh, or they're part of a Grammy uh, project, Nicki Minaj's, because they have a song on there. Word. Yeah, on a pink print or something. Oh, so they moving in the shadows. Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah which man. is dope. Which is dope. It's good to be <laughs> in the background and just you know. We're moving silently. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. it's about, man. You know? So, um, amazing talk so far. Uh, to close things up, we're gonna wrap things up soon. But um, what's next for Mikey Manifest? Right now, man, I'm going into my 31st year. Woo. So you know, I'm looking you say at. Woo. <laughs> I'm looking I at said just because I know the feeling. I'm looking at. <laughs> Honestly, man, I just want to be rich, you know, rich in health, you know, successful. Nah, not, not, you know, I, I just want to be rich in health, man. You know, I just want to be <laughs> rich and taking care of myself, rich in friendship. You know what I mean? Rich and rich in family, rich in love. You know, I mean, that's really what it's about, man. For and me. on top of that, balling out of control. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yo, yeah. man, if you do what you love, man, you, you, you definitely gonna ball out of control for, for something. Yeah. I only want twenty five thousand a month. That's <laughs> that's, that's minor. <laughs> Slight work. Slight work. Um, any uh, as as far as future projects, anything that you have musically, uh, in mind? Uh, musically, man, I'm trying to put together a band, do some shows. Yeah. Um, definitely want to get back into performing, man. Mm. That's really where my heart is right now. Don't you miss uh, it? I do, man. Yeah. I definitely miss the stage. Stage is uh, uh, different, <clears throat> different thing. I mean, as far as recording and writing, mm-hmm. I've definitely been feeling some hip-hop lately, man. Mm. You know, the hip-hop bug is definitely catching back on. But I definitely like feel to like... to create? Yeah, to create, definitely. But my penmanship got to 
be sharp, man. You know. It's look like out for that. Look, out, look like out for that cast. Oh yeah, uh, man. That cast produced uh, beat. Oh yeah, from man. Mikey Manifest in oh. the near future. Oh yeah, oh, okay. there's definitely yeah, gonna yeah. be some collaborations <laughs> in the future. You already know. Uh, but yeah, man. You know, for for hip hop, you know, pen gotta be sharp all day. Gotta be sharp. Gotta gotta practice. Gotta practice. Practice. Practice makes. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? <laughs> practice. practice. <laughs> Yeah, we practice for that mo. Yeah, That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to mm-hmm. They made us walk in like single file lines like and like, like military walking. style. Yeah, walking into wa- how you gonna walk into stage, like how you gonna turn your head. What the man? Oh, it, was, it was legit, man. It was legit. Nice. Shout out to the San Francisco Boys Chorus, man. Still going strong to this day. Mm-hmm. Um. Any, Any shout outs? Last words. Shout outs, man. Shout out to Two family, man. Shout out to shout out to y'all for putting this free love podcast on, man. This Slap is dope. Hands. You know? I Slap love hands. I just love Shout out to shout out to all the creatives out in the world, man. You know, really doing it doing what it is that they love. Uh man, shout out to shout out to just doing it together man you know yeah. we got to do this this whole life thing together man you can't do this alone you know you need you need everybody around you's fighting a good well, you fight need, so you need a kingdom you know you need yeah team, man you know? squad yeah. squad, <laughs> squad. Uh, uh, we definitely want you back on the show oh yeah we're we just, know where you live we're just introducing <laughs> <laughs> Like as, as we keep doing this, we're you know we're we're just introducing people. Yeah, def- you'll is, definitely hear yeah. it again. You know? This is basically you might just hear Mikey, like, yeah. on, like, um, the Where could uh, the fo- uh, the listeners follow you or find you? Uh, at M I K E Y M A N I F E S T. Uh, all social medias: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Venmo. Venmo, <laughs> holla at me. Holla at Hit that me in a Venmo bling. Her. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pay me. Uh, <laughs> I take donations too. There's no hey, good there's hey, donation. What's the, what's the best nation? A donation. <laughs> Damn. So good. Yep. Um but yeah, man. Uh it's been a beautiful Sunday. It's been a beautiful Sunday, a man. It's Mount Monday. You know, we're looking oh. at twelve ten AM. We're looking at Monday. Thankfully, uh and yeah. um, we're gonna be putting some of your couple, couple of three tracks of your yeah, choosing. definitely, definitely. Anything in particular that you? Uh, I can't think of it at the top of my head right mm-hmm. now, we'll but you know, you. We'll, we'll, we'll throw them in there. We'll I'm throw I'm some I'm gems pick in there. I'm gonna some master in the crafts volume. Ooh, damn! Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just listening to that thing this morning, man. I was like, I can't believe you, you hit him with that remastered. Uh, but <laughs> remastered mastering the craft remastering the craft what okay so for a visual, <laughs> for a visual yeah i don't know if mike you want more to go ahead this, but uh he has his um his his mixtapes in uh these like little plaques, platinum. plaques. Yeah. <laughs> every time i come to the house i look at the wall like damn quadruple platinum bro <laughs> hey man you gotta remember what you did man you know that's and, motivation bro. that's motivation yeah. you know yeah. it ain't a platinum or gold record but shoot sometimes when you finish a body work you just gotta you know yeah you just gotta you just gotta go trophy. platinum <laughs> <laughs> hey oh. i don't even know if i went wood man it's cool hey nah man it's 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 the lives that you touched yeah shout out to anybody who listens to my tracks man i love you guys yeah oh and um any last words for any up and coming uh, 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 artists. Read. Yeah? Yeah, man. 
one thing I'm noticing is <laughs> actually no. Nah. I'm just gonna say whatever it is you do, do. Do it at your best. Mm. Do it at your maximum capacity. Go wholehearted. Don't say all in on plan A and don't go anywhere with plan B. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes.
Yo, it's Sunday, I'm feeling Sunday. Herbs and tea casually when we thirsty. It's the real deal, so let me interpret how you feel. If you with what I am sending, send it back to close the deal. Baby girl, we in the 415. At a perfect time, that's chilling right by my side. Sun's out, warm weather, delivery extra cheddar. Roll the keef with the bomb. Hey, shorty, she roll a farm. She blow my mind, babes. I'm trying to find ways that I can tell her how fortunate it's me and you. By your sunset, sipping Moet. Walking the shoreline, baby, show me just what you do. Speak your mind, you're beautiful and shop unique. Conversing before play to movement behind the teeth. So effortless when I'm around, and it's just her and me. And I ain't speaking on vertical dance between the sheets. Move to this, ride to this. Nutrients, and you know I'm trying to live long. Minimal, similar to Santa Claus. A little more, should we give a little go? To the chest now, go more with your breath now. We in the West now, don't you know the best now? What's this all about? See you floating in my dreams. We adults all have needs, why don't you come with me? Same game, out here trying to maintain. You on my brain. Rub you in the right way Move to this girl Where you move them hips girl Do we live up on this with your lips girl Rotten hella claim Pull up to the spot Shorty to my right Looking mean floating on a clock With coordinated jeans to the blouse Four windows down Mobbing round All over the town Speakers bumping sound Remix of that bumping grind Is the soundtrack Cushion purple Always on deck with that loud pack She don't participate But lets a player matter Burn all heights elevated, the view up here hella great I swear I'm baked, though she's sober, we still levitate She always with that bomb shit, bout to detonate Jaybird instrumentals, token up this herbal essence Getting funky, groovy, come and check this verbal message Like, move to this, uh-huh. ride to this, uh-huh. drive to this And we can do Listen to free though. Episode number three. We're gonna be coming back at you with episode number four soon. Thank you. And uh just wanna shout out to everyone that listened to the previous two podcasts. Um we've been having cool feedback. I know the accessibility of it is, is a little hard, but we're working on that currently. So hopefully we'll get on a different medium so everyone could be more accessible. But thank you for rocking with us. Me and Cass, we put a lot of time and effort into it. 
And uh, we're going to continue to do this for the foreseeable future. Yes, as sir. As long as Mikey lets us use his uh, electricity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we good. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> That's episode number three, Free Love Podcast. My name is Vibrock. And I'm Cass. I'm Mikey Manifest. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> and we are Thanks out. for listening. Peace. Free love.